That night I had a dream. It means nothing to me. I drifted off thinking about happiness, birth, and new life. Uh, chemical super freak, but I still need a gun. But now I was haunted by a vision of... It. Oh, oh, my personal favorite. Had their entrails cut out and burned. <laughs> he was horrible. Mouth to dildo, dildo, ass, ass to ass. Hi, Brant. Anal bees. A man with all the powers of hell at his command. We don't have time to meet his lawyer! I'm going to detain a flyer for enjoying his whiskey. Oh, bitch, is this in 3D? No, but your face is. You could turn the day into night. I'm a mall. I got a thing for words. And laid the waste to everything in his path. Chrissy, over by the wall. Bring me the big knife. It was especially hard on the little things. Bring me the big knife. I'm going to cut my throat. The helpless and the gentle creatures. Give me my leg. And it's like a battle between motors and horses. Like technology versus horse. He left a scorched earth in his wake, befouling even the sweet desert breeze that whipped across his brow. It's like unbeatable. I didn't know where he came from or why. It's not exactly my ties and Yahtzee out here. I don't know if you would dream or vision. But I feared that I myself had unleashed him. You still like Italian? Welcome back to the unbearable weight of Nicolas Cage. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. I'm Eddie. And this week we're talking about It Could Happen to You. Bum 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 bum. I don't think that's actually a song. You would cry too if it would ha- if it happened to you as a line where it's about like a teenage girl. No, okay. I thought that you got too deep into picking out a line from a popular, like, 50s or 60s pop song. It's my party, I can cry if I want to. Your bur- your party was two weeks ago. You made me watch a horror film and it was terrible. I'd say it's more of a thriller film in some ways, but yeah. I mean... It's if it happened to you. Bum, 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 bum. I thought it was if you, it could happen to you. It is it could happen to you. Oh, you're, Devin, you're saying the actual line in the song. Yeah. Okay, got oh, it. okay. I couldn't tell if Luke's just misremembering the song or if he was changing the words for the bit, but... Of course it's a bit. It's always a bit, Devin. It's always a bit. I can't wait until it's like 30, 40 years down the line. It's like, is it dementia or is it a bit? I'm just going to smother you with a pillow. That's much easier. Excellent. I greet death as a friend. Thumbs up. We should legalize euthanasia. Happy Saturday, everybody. Happy Saturday. Or Sunday if you're listening to this on the day that it goes up. Or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. Covered all the bases. Leap day! Are you saying that falls out of the normal seven day week or. Fuck you! <laughs> Let your hate flow into me. Uh, Alright, so I think this is one that you have some familiarity with, if I remember correctly. The familiarity I have with this movie is that my mother called me and said, What's the Nick? What's the terrible Nicolas Cage movie where he goes up with a waitress in a hot air balloon? I did not know the answer to that question at the time. 
this is the answer to that question. That is my knowledge of this movie. I like how we're serving our audience of Jeff, other fans who have, or other listeners who have not earned fan status, and your mom. <laughs> my mom is so just like, why is Luke making you do this? Are you okay? And then you say, yes, I need the content. Well, I also like that too. It's just looks like this movie actually got decently positive reviews. <laughs> yeah, seventy-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, there you go. So maybe I didn't have the answer to that question because it's not a terrible Nicolas Cage movie. No, it is about the waitress. According to my letterbox, I watched this movie. I do not recall anything about it. <laughs> a ringing endorsement. Devin, how much of that do you see, though, just because you have seen so many movies that your brain cannot keep all of them in your head? Uh, I mean, partially that. This one actually has, like, a date, which means I would have had to have watched it in the last nine years. <laughs> well, it's been nine years since saw the film, but it is not really anything memorable. I mean, that is a totally viable comment on a movie. I know back when I was seeing, like, Five or six a week. I probably don't remember most of them. They can't all be purge election day. Totally to refer to what's it called? Uh, the Han Solo movie. I had a great time while watching it. I can't tell you a single thing about that film. Oh, I hated watching it, but I can also remember several things about the film. Oh, uh, well, it's okay to be wrong, Luke, but yeah. So everyone, oh, crash, you know, Darth Maul shows up at the end, and I lost my mind, and that was great. Yeah, because that added more confusion to the timeline. And some, no, it didn't. People, people who argue about this Star Wars timeline are very confusing to me. Because now no, there's a bunch of Mandal... The Mandalorian talk that has gone on for, like, the past two weeks about when Blank shows up with the two Blanks. To help the Mandalorian. But Abby doesn't care about Star Wars, so. Luke's also confused me right now, and I've watched all the episodes of The Mandalorian. The only Star Wars film I have any concrete recollections of is Attack of the Clones? That's uh, not that's, that's the second worst one. The one with baby Anakin and Natalie Portman. That's the first one. That's Phantom Menace. That's the third worst one. Yes, that wait, one. Wait, so what What do you consider the worst Star Wars movie? Rise of Skywalker was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah, nope, that is 100% valid. Wasn't that like a new one, too? That's yeah, the most recent one. Wasn't That's... that one the one that was just fan service, essentially? It yes. was fan service for a specific sect of fans who did not like the previous movie, which... I enjoyed greatly. Oh, yeah, me too. And instead it was like, oh, hey, here's a complicated thing about how who your parents are doesn't matter. And then it's like, oh, no, uh, but who your grandparents are can really matter. And it's like, no. Papa George went swinging at least for the fences with episodes one and two. He missed a lot of those swings, but he tried. <laughs> and unfortunately, his bat just hit the racism ball. Which is another name for the Empire. Yeah. 
But then he got episode three, which I love, so. Yeah, I have not watched any of the prequels since they came out. I I need to do a rewatch just because Clone Wars and Rebels have made me more interested. Revenge of the Sith is actually legitimately, in my opinion, a good film, but... I think at that point I was just sort of burnt out because I had, like, friends who were the Star Wars fans uh, for, like, the first two movies. And then I moved away before the third one came out. But they were like the, well, if you studied all of the uh, the previews, you can see the immense amount of craft and work that has gone into cutting each of them. And it's like, no, that's not what I want. Which one's George R. Binks in? He's in all three, but he is heavily in The Phantom Menace. Mostly just one. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't you remember when he is essentially Elizabeth Warren? Or... Oh no, that's really unfair. Yeah, let's not talk about Star Wars and politics because then we have an actual conversation. My experience with the Phantom Menace was pretty much the get in loser we're going shopping scene from Mean Girls in which I was at a friend's house and she just decided we were going to go see Star Wars and I or we were going to go to a movie and I had no idea what the fuck I was walking into just wanted to keep jumping in the leaves. Instead, I saw Phantom Menace. My first time I saw Phantom Menace, uh, my dad's friend Michael came down and brought grocery store sushi in early 2001. It did not agree with me. I threw up before going in, but then I got a jumbo icy to settle my stomach. I feel sorry for the minimum wage employees who had to deal with that. Hell yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> things we know about it could happen to you. Nicholas Cage plays the senator from Naboo. Oh I know there is a cop and a waitress and apparently a hot air balloon. So it's like that movie The Waitress with Nathan Fillion and Amy Adams? Is that who you think was in The Waitress? Yes, apparently. Holy crap! That is some other woman, I don't remember what her name is. That Carrie woman has Russell. brown hair. Oh. It was Carrie Russell, and I don't remember the name of the male lead. It's Nathan Fillion. No, okay, I remembered half of it. I was just saying, I was like, I knew Nathan Fillion was correct. Okay. Carrie Russell, star of the worst Star Wars film. Look at us bringing it back. <laughs> Oh, remember how there was apparently a section of people who hated Holdo, but then they're like, oh, but I love this last Star Wars movie. People who hated Holdo are wrong. But we're not here to talk about... Holdo? You know, she flew the ship and did the big explosion. No. Played by Laura Dern? Oh, yeah, yeah, What I think of Holdo, I thought you were mispronouncing Hondo, as in Hondo Onaka, best Star Wars character. <laughs> uh, voiced by Jim Cummings. Yeah. Winnie the Pooh. I know who Jim Cummings is, Lucas. Please do not insult me. 
All right. Pick any movie with some form of animated character. Jim Cummings is in it. <laughs> Damn right. If not him, Frank Welker. Usually both. For American-produced films, especially out of the 90s, sure. Oh, no, Frank Welker's still in everything. Oh, yeah, no, Frank Welker's still in everything, but Jim Cummings is not. No, maybe not. I mean, we have a shift away from using actual voice actors in animated movies to just a bunch of celebrities. That's fair. Also the voice of Thanos in... Uh... Jim Cummings one of, is One of the Marvel stuff. cartoons. Good for him. What did he say, Effie? I said Jim Cummings is from Youngtown. Mm-hmm. He's an Ohio boy made good. Apparently there's some weird stuff about who he donates money to and it's very conservative causes, but I can't find any more collaborative articles about that. Please don't fucking ruin Winnie the Pooh for me, Lucas. Okay. Ooh, he was in Scooby-Doo and the Gourmet Ghost. I still need to watch that one. That's when Scooby-Doo teams up with uh, Bobby Flay. Oh my god, that sounds magical. But what that movie doesn't have is Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Uh, Alright, well, let's go and see this movie where Nicolas Cage plays a cop and probably is not going to shoot anybody. Probably. Because normally when Abby's giving me a look, because normally when Nicolas Cage is playing a cop or law enforcement, he's going to shoot somebody because it's an action film. I bet you $5 he discharges his weapon in some way at some point during this film. I'm saying I would agree with that. Some, I'm saying at somebody. I think there's a difference between he's doing target practice and he actually has to murder somebody in this movie that's supposed to be a rom-com. You can still shoot someone and not murder them, Luke. Okay. Leg 2020. So, are are we expecting a, uh, what was the one where he had to protect the ex-first lady? Guarding Tess? Guarding so, are we Tess. expecting a guarding Tess turn here? A GTT? No. No, I'm just saying at some point I expect him to discharge his weapon. And, oh, I bet your mom just asked more. You know, where he goes up into the hot air balloon, and then he has to shoot another criminal who's in a hot air balloon, and it's a massive hot air balloon shootout. Gun chase. Ah. If we get a hot air gun chase, that'd be great, but I don't think... That would last about two shots, because you just shoot the balloon, and then both balloons go plummeting towards the earth, and everybody gets paralyzed or dies. (laughs) Just a fucking Led Zeppelin situation, Lucas. (laughs) A Led Zeppelin situation? The fucking Hindenburg? <laughs> okay. There's a, there's a difference between Led Zeppelin and a Hindenburg, and also hot air balloons. Well, yes, but the original connotation of Led Zeppelin was in reference to the Hindenburg. Okay. I'm not saying you're wrong, it's just... Being I had a fluency reading with... on the Hindenburg, so I had to read it about 12 times, so I have a lot of random knowledge about the Hindenburg. Oh, the humanity. It happened a long time ago. 
But yes. <laughs> Christ, I can't wait to see this energy go into the uh, actual show uh, once we watch this movie. No, we're just going to be tired by then. It's going to be a five-minute wrap-up about nothing. Oh, five-minute recap if it's a very simple story. All right, let's go see Nicolas Cage. Be a cop. In and fall in love? It could happen to you. Yeah. Oh, shit, no. It's not going to be a simple wrap-up. We need to talk about Richard Jenkins after this movie. Hell yeah. And we're back from the movie, and you know what I think is most unbelievable about this film? What? That it could happen to you. I mean, the chances of being a cop in 1994 who wins the lottery while in an unhappy marriage. (laughs) Oh, I fucking hate you. (laughs) Oh. Oh. I enjoyed this movie. It's alright. Yeah, that's fine. I don't think it's my favorite Cage rom com. What would your favorite. Well, I agree. Okay, so what would your favorite Cage rom com be? My mind is going to Honeymoon in Vegas just for as wild as Okay, that that's fair. I completely forgot about Honeymoon in Vegas. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. I retract the statement I said earlier then that this is his most believable romantic role. After remembering Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, this is definitely a much more reserved Nicolas Cage. Round top. I still stand by Valley Girl. But yeah, this was a perfectly fine movie. Mm-hmm. It's like one slice of movie with some wild choices, but otherwise... Yeah. Wait, so what was the real event that this was based off of then? Oh, there was a cop who went into a pizza restaurant uh, and had a long-term relationship between uh, a waitress there and him, and they decided to go in together Uh. to win uh, or to get the lottery. They ended up winning. They split. But then apparently in the movie at the very end, there is a... This is based on a real-life story in that a cop and a waitress... But also, both of them are so happily married. To the people they were married to before they won the lottery? Yeah. They did not get remarried in a hot air balloon. 
That's also, kind of an insane situation to feel like you need to put a disclaimer on something for. Well, it's because it was inspired, but was easily, or but was legally distinct. Like they said, this is what inspired it. But also, all this stuff is stuff that we came up with. They had to do it so they couldn't be sued for likeness rights stuff. Fair. Yeah, this was a interesting movie. All of the legal stuff was completely wrong. Oh yeah, it's it's completely. We need to have bankruptcy in this, and we need to have a fucking a fucking divorce with a jury, a jury it, divorce. I don't think it was technically a divorce case. It's divorce adjacent, but I think it was who owns this money. But yeah, it's still a yeah. civil law. Okay, so even if it was a civil lawsuit, I'm not sure that it would necessarily need to be a jury trial. Maybe just because of the amount of it. But yeah. Imagine being like, oh, I'm getting called in for jury duty about this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, to to divvy up rich people's money? Hooray. Also, this movie is wild for Rosie Perez essentially being a evil woman in a Tyler Perry movie in terms of all of her actions just make her completely unlikable. What's that have to do with the Tyler Perry movie? What? What's that have to do with the Tyler Perry movie? Usually in a lot of Tyler Perry movies, there's the person who the male lead, or there's a woman who the male lead is with, who is very much about the material lifestyle and is unhappy. And so when the male lead finds a good woman... I'm not curious. Ex. Luke, how many Tyler Perrys have you seen? That's fair. I'm also curious to know the things. I've actually <laughs> seen none, but from all of the commercials where they pretty much choreograph the entire or telegraph the entire plot line and through cultural osmosis. I see. Do mm-hmm. we accept that answer, Devin? Not particularly. I did talk to... Um, I have seen one Tyler Perry movie, which makes me the expert now in this which, situation. Which, which, hold on, because there's multiple Tyler Perry genres. Which film did you see? I can do bad all by myself. Okay. I did run by the premise... He does appear as Medea in that film. Jesus I, Christ. I did run my summation by Dominic Griffin, who is the armchair artiller on YouTube, who did agree with my summation. Neat. Uh, but yeah, Rosie Perez is a really unlikable character in this movie, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating as Cage's girlfriend or wife, who we don't find out why they got married until like halfway through the movie we still don't even really know why they got married the reason that he kind of gives her that they got married is like weird oh no we had sex in high school now we must get married because rigidity yeah well they established that they loved each other at one point in time and then it just faded very up until five years prior yeah but even then i feel like they had to both be in their, like, 30s or so at this point mm-hmm. in the movie. So that would have been, like, if they got married when they were 17 or 18. Yeah, so they're saying that 10 years of marriage was good. Well, I, I also do think 
no real reason for the transition is weird unless it was just literally oh hey we've been doing this for a while Nick Cage. No the reasoning is that Rosie Perez is pissed off that he is so blue collar and that he hasn't gotten any sort of significant pay raise or anything and they're Mm -hmm. still stuck living in Queens. And he's not a corrupt cop. Because he would have money if he Mm -hmm. was a corrupt cop. It's all about the fact that like his she views his career as stagnant and has loftier goals than he has and has started to resent him because he is fine just being a cop who lives in a one-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Queens. Though it is a fucking huge apartment. Because he po. Yeah. Could you say that again while you're not pouring water? He, I'm not pouring water, I'm pouring coffee. Well, yeah. uh, I'm saying because he's poor. Yeah. Yes. And he loves playing stickball with the kids in the alley way too much. Damn straight he does. Yeah. There's uh, also a lot of parked cars on the sides of either side of the street that I was noticing. That's just like, man, one kid gets like a nice fly ball. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why they have to play stickball. You don't get as much oppositional force than if you're using a real bat. Those cars are pretty damn close, Luke. Fair. But also, (laughs) are you going to yell at a cop? Nobody yells at Charlie. He's such a good guy. Charlie is the only good cop in the New York police force, except for his partner. Though his partner did sit. I mean, Nick Cage plays a unbelievably good person in this film. I mean, if you had made a passing promise to give away half of your lotto earnings, would you uphold that promise i'd like to say i think i would but also no actually i think i probably would because i have reached a point where it's like oh no i've got loans paid off and the amount that we have would be like enough to get a house and to move out and to be comfortable for an indefinite period while continuing to work no way what you do is you take some of that lot of winnings and you make that person disappear and then you don't need to think about it anymore so you're saying that the guilt would not keep you up at night nope <laughs> i mean i also feel like promises were kept i was going to give them the part of the half of the winnings but they disappeared how was i supposed to be able to give it to them then? you also just leave five dollars on top of their body in order to fulfill mm-hmm. your promise of or the tip or you leave them a check with the full amount on it be like hey you can't cash this in you're dead bam but of course then you've left a calling card yeah that's that's just framing yourself for harder (laughs) or is it setting up the perfect way to frame someone else because who would be dumb enough to leave that sort of evidence you apparently (laughs) jerry springer Remember that time he paid for that prostitute with a personal check? I do. I do not. I don't. I. Well, I mean, I personally don't because I don't think any of us were alive at the time. But <laughs> my mom, who worked for like the different uh, campaigns in Ohio, she worked on uh, Jerry Springer's mayoral campaign. According to her, he would have actually got on to become governor of Ohio at one point in time. Holy shit! But the reason. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. No, Jerry Sprig was this mayor of Cincinnati for like quite a while. Yeah. Like very popular and successful. I, I knew he was involved in Cincinnati government. I couldn't remember that he was mayor. I didn't it's... remember that he was actually mayor. Yeah, he was mayor. He was like super popular. The whole entire problem was it was he paid for a prostitute, but he paid for a prostitute with a personal check. Remember when shit like that could like get you thrown out of politics? Yeah. What a beautiful time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it also would have been a beautiful time when the news was slow, and so that would actually be news for weeks. Especially yeah. in Cincinnati, which is a fairly Christian conservative area. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was a fine rom-com. I think this, is this the most toned down we've seen Cage? I don't think so. I mean, this is a fair, I was running through the list. It's like, it's kind of it's it's kind of there but i also feel like it's fitting like i feel like he either wants to go bonkers off the wall or likes a really good cop role and this was in all sense of the word a really good cop role because mm-hmm. i owe you five dollars because he did not discharge his weapon at all during this movie at anybody mm-hmm. he didn't shoot he, he drew it but he didn't yeah. actually discharge it he also specifically said he did not want to risk shooting anybody else. Uh, that's, we why he threw re- that can- <laughs> that's why he threw that can at the guy instead. He got him with a chili blast. Uh, yeah, we haven't really gone over uh, the summary of the film, which is Cage is a cop, unhappily married with Rosie Perez, who's more unhappy with him than he is with her. And he stops in for lunch to get coffee where Bridget Fonda is a waitress. Who just declared bankruptcy that day and has never had anything good happen to her. Mm -hmm. And so he has to run to go respond to a call, only has money for the coffee that they got. Can't leave a tip and so he promises to either pay twice the tip tomorrow or uh, half the lottery earnings. He goes to buy a lottery ticket. The New York State Lottery is up to $64 million. Mm-hmm. And when, uh, in that night, he ends up winning the lottery, tells his wife that, oh, I made this promise. She doesn't want him to give the money. His partner... Well, the money has already been split with 12 other people who had the same winning lottery number. So, so at that point, they're only winning $4 million. Yes. And so he goes back the next day and sees how good a person she is and ultimately gives her the choice of either getting half of the money or twice the tip. And on a whim, she chooses half the money. And so he realizes he has to do it. And he convinces his wife that it will be good PR for her if she's fine giving away the money. And so she starts spending... So the wife starts spending the money, the waitress buys the restaurant, and then while Cage is continuing to be a cop, he ends up stopping a convenience store robbery, gets shot in the arm, so he's taken off the force for a while, but he's a big hero, and he starts hanging out with Bridget Fonda. They start falling in love with each other. They also do a bunch of like really fun rich person money things like buying everybody's subway passes or renting out the brooklyn dodgers stadium for the children Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so Rosie Perez starts to get jealous, and she decides that she is going to sue them for all the money, especially after she kicks Cage out. So while they are ca- while they are kicked out, they both end up at the what hotel? Anyway, okay. the same wow. hotel. There you go. They ended up at the plaza, and they spend the night together. And realize they're falling in love. These, because of their good deeds, they have become a local news sensation, and people keep following them around because between giving Bridget Fonda the money and all of these other nice guy publicity things, essentially, and being a hero cop, they've become a large news story. So, so they are photographed leaving the plaza holding hands. After that, Rosie Perez decides to divorce Cage, and she requests all of the money, not just their two million, but also the two million he gave to Bridget Fonda. Bridget Fonda's sleazebag husband, also played by Stanley Tucci, also comes back to try to get her share of the money. He really doesn't do much, though. He just sort of sleazes his way in a weird, fantastic Tucci way. Tucci with so much hair. Mm. Not, I mean, not a full head, but no, just but still it's still molded. way more hair than I'm used to seeing on Stanley Tucci. Too hairy, Tucci. So the court case goes, and Rosie Perez lies and convinces the court that she should get all the money because she With her skeezy lawyer Richard Jenkins, no longer the beloved old man that we normally see him. She, and her grounds for wanting all the money is that she lies and says that she was the one who picked the lottery numbers, even though Nicolas Cage picked the lottery numbers. And that her father told her to go and run the lottery. Her dead father in, like, a prophetic dream. Mm-hmm. And so with uh, all their money gone, uh, Cage and Fonda go and meet up at the restaurant, and a homeless man comes in for a meal, they provide him uh, soup, give him the last money that they have, and it turns out that this person is actually a reporter. Isaac Hayes, acclaimed singer. Shaft! And uh, he ends up posting a report, and it explains why he has been in the background, or like, in a lot of shots the entire time. also the narrator. Yeah, and so they're like, yeah, and so he's like, yeah, these are really good people, uh, and even when they've had horrible things happen, they're still trying to help and do what they can. So New Yorkers send over $600,000, and uh, they get out of debt, because apparently they only spent like $600,000 of the money in the time that they had it. And then we just get a quick resolution where Muriel uh, gets remarried to an investor who steals all of her money, leaving her broken. Uh, Broke and yep. living with her mom in Queens. Yep. Which she hates. She hates Queens. Uh, Chuchi, who wanted to be an actor, is stuck being a taxi driver. And then Charlie returns to the police. Uh, that's Cage. And then Fonda reclaims the diner and they get married at the end in a big ol' hot air balloon. The end. I it's, enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it's a fine movie. I am not sure how much of it I will remember. 
And I probably remember they went off in a hot air balloon. Mm-hmm. There's also- yeah, I remember that. Rewatching it, the only two scenes I honestly can tell you remember, I can remember that Rosie Perez was a mean old woman. Mm-hmm. And I remember the scene of him stopping the robbery. I am not surprised that that is a scene that you remember from this movie, Devin. I remember how there was that rat on the weird conveyor belt that was just always running. Nope. I'll remember the rat. But yeah. Movies are always nice when you get that nice sound of a can hitting a person in the head. Yep. The most satisfying sound effect of the entire film of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I still have not seen that. Ah, it's great. It's on Voodoo now, Luke. You can watch it. I will debate that. Brad Pitt chunks a person in the head of the can. It is by far the most satisfying sound I've ever heard in a film. Is it a can of chili? Ah, dog food. So, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because it was wet food. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. uh, It's it's a simple story. I think it's Told well, and uh, this is one that we we had been talking about coming up for a while because uh, I believe Bergman also directed another movie. He directed Honeymoon in Vegas. That's right. Ah, okay. So I mean, this did have a lot of Honeymoon in Vegas energy. Yeah, but it was also just a much more toned down cake. Yeah, we did not get a. It's unbeatable. I am I am going to have an interesting time trying to find a clip quote for this episode. Yeah. It was a fine movie. Mm-hmm. I just I love the fact that the fashion has truly done a 360 because like the outfit that she was wearing when they went to Dodger Stadium, I was just like shit. If I saw somebody walking down the street in that today, I would not think it looked like a 25-year-old outfit. That's fair. Damn. The tweens. Yeah, I commented that it was a very T-Swift look. Uh, Richard Fonda did just kind of have... It's funny that um, Caleb Deschanel was the director of photography, because when I saw his name, I was thinking, oh, is that Zoe and Emily Deschanel's father? It is. Emily Deschanel threw a can of paint onto Rosie Perez's fur outfit as a mm-hmm. PETA protest. And also, especially at the beginning with the whole glasses thing, Bridget Fonda did kind of have, like, slight manic pixie dream girl vibes. Mm, I, yeah, definitely a bit. Yeah. A bit, a bit. I mean, she definitely had, this is what I want to do, I'm actively working towards it, and it's not just a flight of fancy. No, but, like, the whole, like, adorkable thing with the glasses and all of that, like, that is very much a large part of especially, specifically, the Zoe Deschanel manic pixie dream girl trope. There. But speaking of Fonda, I'm Fonda Fonda. I had no idea she was married to Danny Elfman. Really? Yeah, she is. Uh Uh-huh. Also, I thought it was uh, fascinating that Perez, Fonda, and Cage are all exactly the same age because Rosie Perez definitely seemed like she was, like, 
five to like seven years younger than Kate in this film due to her characterization. Well, she has not had as much of a career as I was expecting her to have. Who, Bridget Fonda? No. no yeah. not, not at all. Yeah, I have only seen... So she had a car accident where like her back broke. Oh, golly. Uh, yeah, I have only seen her in five movies. But yeah, that would explain why she just stops acting at a point. Yeah. Yeah. What movies have you seen, Luke? Army of Darkness. It could happen to you. <laughs> Balto! Everyone loves Balto. Jackie Brown. And Monkey Bone. Interesting. I didn't know anyone has ever seen Jackie Brown. Yeah, uh, I was doing a big watch-through of Tarantino's. Nice. I have seen Army of Darkness. Balto. It could happen to you. Parts of Monkey Bone on TV. And Little Buddha. I mean, we could also technically say we've seen Doc Hollywood because we've seen Cars. Pixar Zing. Is she in that? She was in Doc Hollywood. But Cars and Doc Hollywood are the same movie, essentially. Ah. I only saw one Cars. It was fine. You have seen a car. I have seen a car. Just, uh... I think you should leave motorcycle guys. Bringing down the Pixar brand. Um, yeah. I have just seen It Could Happen to You and Balto. What about Rosie Perez, Luke? What have you seen her in? Well, uh, Abby also pointed out that Fonda, Cage, and Perez are all the same age, which is nice to see. Uh, I have seen her in Do the Right Thing. I can... Yeah, yeah. It Could Happen to You. Road to El Dorado. Uh, is King of the Jungle the one that I'm thinking of? Nope. Uh, it was not... I was thinking of Jungle to Jungle. Uh, da, 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 da. Pineapple Express? Yep, Pineapple Express. She's the bad cop in that movie. Mm-hmm. Pitch Perfect 2. No, I didn't see Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, Birds of Prey. Oh, wow, and she's going to be in that Clifford the Big Red Dog movie. Fuck yeah. So oh, I, that Clifford the Big Red Dog movie. I am looking forward to seeing what a fucking mess that is. Also, I hope Clifford pisses on John Cleese. We have David Allen Greer's Clifford. That's dope. Wait, David Allen Greer is voicing Clifford? Hell yeah. I thought that was going to be Keenan Thompson. Nah. What? David Allen Greer's Clifford. Damn. That'll be fascinating. Uh, what about you, Abby? I have seen... It Could Happen to You, Pitch Perfect 2, The Road to El Dorado, and... Yep, that's it. I've seen, obviously, It Could Happen to You, also El Dorado, Pitch Perfect 2, The Other Guys. Oh, wait, she was in The Other Guys? Yes. Oh, yeah, I have also seen her in that. Pineapple Express, The Dead Don't Die, and Birds of Prey. You hated The Dead Don't Die. I did. That movie was bad. Yeah. With that stellar of a cast, I don't know how you could have bombed it in such a way. It's a non-horror person making a horror movie. 
No, Jim Jarmusch does horror, though. He does? Oh. I think he did that vampire one a couple years before then. Well, and then didn't he make the one about the woman who gets thrown into the insane asylum or whatever? I don't know. Uh, I don't. Maybe. Jim. Jara. I think there was one that I had seen uh, a bunch of promotions for that I didn't, or a bunch of uh, ads for that I didn't actually see. Nope, apparently not. I was thinking of someone else. Uh, yeah, and then we got Wendell Pierce, who was the cop uh, assistant. Partner? Yes. Did... Yeah. My brain was not... Jesus Christ! Cop assistant. Hey, I've seen him in Hackers. Hackers is great. And Ray. And Horrible Bosses. I have not seen Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2 yet. Who was he in that? Jay Jenks. I don't remember him in that. I don't remember him in that either. Yes, I've seen him in four movies. I'm sorry, what is this person? Oh, oh, and he was in Bad Moms. Wendell Pierce? Am I the only person who just goes to the uh, Wikipedia page? Well, no, Devin specifically uses the letterbox. I use my letterbox page. I was on Tucci. I thought we were going to do Tucci next, so I needed to get... Well, Abby gets there. I did Horrible Bosses, Selma... Breaking Dawn, Ray, and it could happen to you. I, oh, I'm part of the gift. I have seen it could happen to you. Wait, did you not see Parker? No. Oh, okay, it seemed like something you would have seen. Though that's apparently a very bad adaptation of Parker's stories. Breaking Dawn Part 2. And yep, those two things. And then we got. I actually haven't seen a lot, a ton of Statham films. Interesting. I've actually only seen two Stathams that are solo Stathams. Well, and then we also have Isaac Hayes, the legend. R.I.P. Isaac Hayes, but also you kind of went off of the deep end at the end there. How did you go off the deep end? Uh, yeah. Oh. And he had been on South Park, and so when South Park made fun of Scientology, they pretty much made him quit. And then they essentially painted him as a man who was turned into a pedophile on South Park. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then killed him in very, in a very non-comeback way. <sighs> yeah. The lions get him, then he falls off a cliff, and then he gets blown up. Well, no, but then they bring him back as the Darth Vader. Oh, true. But he never talks. No, he does. But he's... That's all, like, clips from, like, previous Hayes ones. Well, no, the previous... Uh, all the clips up to that point were... And then they brought in Peter Serfanowicz, I believe, as the voice of Hayes. That's neither here nor there. I have seen exactly wow. one episode of South Park, and it was in a undergrad class about fringe religions. I'm pretty sure we watched either the Scientology or the Mormon episode of that show. Oh, no. Both of them are good. Oh no, we're in a bad... I'm in a bad shape. Uh, the filmography for Isaac Hayes does not separate movies and TV. So, I have seen five Hayes. Mm -hmm. 
What five the pages South, have you seen? South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Robin Hood, Men in Tights, mm -hmm. which is fine. Flipper. It Could Happen to You and Escape from New York. I have seen Robin Hood, Men in Tights, It Could Happen to You. And Doctor, I can't remember if I've seen if I've seen Doctor Doolittle too or not. Yeah, Doctor Doolittle too. I don't place. think I have, which is why I did not say that one. And that is it. So that would be two. Oh, I just had a flashback to a uh, time I was at a work outing, and a guy was familiar with the. Uh, movie Robin Hood Men in Tights and there's a bit in it where they do an Abbott and Costello callback where it's like Abbott but he was completely unaware of Abbott and Costello and so this guy was like oh yeah does anybody ever talk to you or does anybody ever say Abbott the company that I work for uh, like that bit and I was like you mean like an Abbott and Costello bit and he's like what? And it's like, yeah, that's that's an Abbott and Costello reference. And the guy's like, what's that? He was older than me. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wowie wowie. Yeah, then we got American legend and former fashion model Stanley Tucci. I've actually seen... Tucci does a lot of weird things in rom-com, so I think I will have more Tucci than I would expect to have. So yeah, the Tucci shows up at a lot of things. What have you seen, Lucas? I'm looking up Stanley Tucci as a model. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No, he's still doing modeling work. I was expecting to see, like, a younger Tucci. But, no, I mean, dude is still rocking it. You watch that great video of him teaching you how to make different mixed drinks? No. That's what he's been doing during, uh... Quarantine? Quarantine. Yeah, he's just been making cocktails and he makes videos showing you how to, like, properly make the cocktail. That's Interesting. beautiful. Uh... Yeah. So, Beethoven. Or Beethoven. It could happen to you... A Midnight's... Or A Midsummer Night's Dream... That was one that I remembered nothing about it, but I've seen it. Uh, Road to Perdition. Robots. Lucky Number Slevin. Devil Wears Prada. Uh, Easy A. God, he was great in Easy A. Uh, First Avenger. Yes, he was. Hunger Games. Peabody and Mr. Sherman. Muppets Most Wanted. Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, yeah, I think that's like, oh, 19? Or 14, one of those two. Ah. Yeah. Those are two wildly different numbers. They have five in between them. Yeah, for such a low count, that's, that's, that's a big, big gap. What do you got, Devin? I have 16 Tooches. It could happen to you. We should all be super excited for an upcoming film. Kiss of Death. 
Which also stars Nicolas Cage. Yes, yes, oh. death, death. Is that uh, be excited because it's a two cheat cage thing? Also, the movie's kind of just like batshit crazy and great. Cage plays the villain, which you don't normally see. Ooh, what an interesting concept. I'll bite. He plays a mobster. Ooh, I'll bite. And Sam Jackson pushes another man to go undercover to stop him. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, lucky number 11. Uh, Easy A, Fight for Your Right Revisited. Oh, yeah. Captain America, The Hunger Games. Jack the Giant Slayer. I am sorry. I remember having fun when I saw it. Uh, Catching Fire, Mr. Peabody, Muppets, whatever Transformer he was in. Hunger Games Part 1, I never saw Part 2, I lost interest. Uh, Spotlight, Beauty and the Beast, apparently he was in a fifth uh, Transformers film. And yes. Oh shit, he was in Show Dogs? Damn, I wanted to see that. Alright, what about you, Abby? I have Beethoven. I have It Could Happen to You. Mm-hmm. I have A Midsummer Night Dream. I have America's Sweetheart. Made in Manhattan. Shall We Dance. Robots. Devil Wears Prada. Blind Date. Hit Captured an American Girl, The Tale of Despero, Julie and Julia, The Lovely Bones, Easy A, Burlesque, Captain America, um, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, Muppets Most Wanted, Beauty and the Beast, and that'll take care of it. Nineteen. There we go. Like I said, Tucci shows up in a lot of rom-coms in the mid two thousands. And I mean, that's that's most of the big name actors. If we all want to pick one more off the list to go over, we can do that. Um, Excuse me, Luke. In terms of people who get top billing in this movie, yeah, I will stick with that. But we can each pick one other person because it's like on Wikipedia, Victor Rojas is up next as Isu. One of the kids, but that's because he was a baseball player. I would say Richard Jenkins is a top actor, Luke. Jenky Bear? You can go with yeah. Jenkins. Everyone's seen Richard Jenkins films. I truly could not pick him out of a lineup. He was her lawyer. Ah, okay. I am looking at his face and I could still not pick him out of a lineup. So this Really? Would be He's fun. like the... He's like the kind old man who's like in every movie. I love Richard Jenkins. But I can go first for the Jenks. Yeah, oh, let's see. <laughs> I have seen It Could Happen to You. Mm-hmm. Another Cage film that we will watch. A Christmas film called Trapped in Paradise. Where Cage and his brothers played by John Lovitz and uh, Dana Carvey. Jesus Christ. Uh, Indian in the Cupboard. Uh, bits of uh, There's Something About Mary. Uh, Stealing Harvard. Cheaper by the Dozen. I Heart Huckabees. Fun with Dick and Jane. Uh, Step Brothers. Burn After Reading. The Rum Diary. Cabin in the Woods. 
Liberal Arts, Jack Reacher, White House Down, the superior of the Someone is Taking the President Hostage films, uh, Spotlight, Kong Skull Island, what was that? and Shape of Water. Kong Skull Island! <laughs> Abby and I got to do a bit together. Abby, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> I will accept that disappointment. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't think I really have many to add on there. I think you might have seen one or two others. That I Did you say Shape of Water, Evan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's where we started doing our bit. It's true. I have. It could happen to you. And then we go down to something about Mary. Cheaper by the dozen. Shall we dance? I heart Huckabee's rumor has it. Um, Tale of Despero. Dear John, eat, pray, love. Is it the Friends with Benefits? I'm thinking it is. Yes, oh, With it is. Mila Kunis. Yeah, yep. that's one that I have seen as well. I saw both of those movies that came out at that time that was essentially, hey, we want to do Friends with Benefits. Yep. Um, liberal Arts. Turbo. That's a classic turn by Zephron in that film. Turbo. The Shape of Water. And that'll do it. Yeah, uh, Friends with Benefits and then Fun with Dick and Jane are, I think, the only ones that weren't mentioned by Devin. No, I mentioned both of those. Oh, okay. Yeah, Fun with Dick and Jane. Oh, no, I did, no, I did not mention Friends with Benefits. I did not see that. Fair. Yeah. I did see Fun with Dick and Jane. Fun with Dick and Jane is a very good movie. Like, yeah. better than it needs to be, and it falls into the, oh, yeah, capitalism is awful comedies. Yep. Also, Jim Carrey is great, and we should all still love him. Comedies. Uh, okay, well, do you want to pick one more? Uh, oh, wait, let's do Red Buttons, just because I know that name, but I don't know if I've actually seen anything with him. I kept thinking it was Red Skelton. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, I kind of thought the same thing, too. I have seen him in such hit films as Pete's Dragon and Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. Is that is that the one where they have to travel into the different holiday worlds, or no? I think you're no. thinking of Nightmare Before Christmas. No, there was a uh, Rankin Bass movie where they have to go to different uh, holiday worlds. Is that not that one? Is the one where there's some sort of evil winter wizard? And the cowgirl decides to defeat him, slash I think maybe kills him by throwing her pistols and breaking his wand. Jeez. The only thing I have for red buttons is Pete's Dragon. Uh, year, without Milton. A, year Without a Santa Claus. Isn't that? No, Year Without the Santa Claus is the one with Ice Miser and Heat Miser. They don't go into different holiday worlds. Then was there a sequel to Year Without a Cent? Uh, Snow Miser and Heat Miser got a spin-off film. But that was like seven years ago. 
Uh, is there anyone else that we should, uh... No, I'd just like to reiterate, this is a perfectly fine film, and it was very interesting to see such a relatively toned-down cage. Mm-hmm. We can do Emily Deschanel. Star of Bones! Yeah, I feel like I've seen... I mean, I've seen... Every oh, actually, no, never mind. As I look at her, there's only one other film I've seen her in. Because I think she's pretty Spider-Man much 2? just done Bones. Yes. And then, like, a bunch of, uh, like, small bit parts. I mean, I've also seen Pulled Mountain. But I only yeah, saw part of that. And it was randomly the part where Jack White shows up. Nice. Yeah, because Emily Deschanel has mostly just done Bones. He got 12 years of that Bones money. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. I was wondering why Emily Deschanel showed up as the same character in a lot of random shows like Bojack Horseman and Sleepy Hollow and American Dad until I saw, oh, that's the name of her character from Bones, Temperance of Brennan. Yep. What a weird-ass connected universe. Yep. Yep. All right, well, do we have uh, anything else we want to talk about at this point? I enjoyed this more than Mom and Dad. That's that's not saying a lot. I know. That's where the bar is on, this was perfectly fine. I enjoyed it and did not mind spending an hour and 40 minutes watching it. I will say that I did ask you how much longer was left once, which is a pretty good indication of my interest level in a movie. Mm -hmm. Valid like salad. Uh, Devin, do you have anything else to add? No. All right, well... In two weeks, on the 19th, we are going to be watching our Christmas special, A Family Man. Yay! Which we're looking forward to, and then two weeks after that is going to be Drive Angry. Where his wife is his daughter. What? Yeah, I I will double that. What? (laughs) There is a very young actress in that movie, and I'm not sure if she's his wife or his daughter. Daughter. So his neither. Wife is just his daughter. <laughs> it is neither. Oh, isn't it like a friend's daughter or something? It is neither. Girlfriend? The it is not. Granddaughter? Nope. Well, we will unconnected order? in any way. Partner in crime? Sort of. Mystery Vagabond. Mostly that. Okay. Alright, well. Uh, yeah, that that kind of wraps us up for this week. Uh, Devin, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me online at FedoFet. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Abby, where can people find you? You can find me at Lanonemnemus. A-B-B-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. I said all the letters that time. And in the right order. Luke, where can you and, be found? And first try. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter at Ad- <laughs> 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 
Wow, Luke, look at you letting one. the group down. You can find me on Twitter at ColdRideOutSkyLTREG. And you can find me and all the podcasts that I do at LukeHair.com. Also, Dev and I are getting close to the 350th episode of Multiversal Q, so if you started listening through all the archives now... Why? Yeah. It's large parts of it are chronological. You could probably just start with the uh, 54, 53-part Multiversal Q series that we're doing, and get what you need out of that and then do some of the other specials like the christmas specials this year where i'm look it's looking like i'm doing weird ass die hard does that mean i'm actually gonna have to watch die hard i mean no i own it the movie's fine you've only seen it once apparently which is wild to me Devin, is con air the movie's or fine. die hard better con, con air by far well, that's a bummer, but I believe that. Con Air's fucking great. As always, if you're going to watch one Nick Cage movie, go watch Con Air. Also, hot take, if you're going for like the weird action film that's set around Christmas, the superior one is Lethal Weapon. I mean, you have to deal with the legacy Mel Gibson. Waiting. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it also actually deals with suicide and depression in a kind of tasteful way, though I have not seen any of the others. Though if you're looking The fourth for- one's great. It's where Mel Gibson has to strip down to his underwear to distract the pyromaniac who has a flamethrower in the middle of the street so Danny Glover can sneak behind and shoot him in the, uh... whatever the pack is. Ah. Gary Busey's in the first one. Everyone loves the Buse. I literally just know Gary Busey from being crazy. That's pretty much, I mean, quite cheerfully, I think the only movie anyone has actually ever seen him in is Lethal Weapon. Fair. Because I can't actually name to you a single other film that he has been in. If you want to watch a Christmas movie about prisoners escaping before Christmas, you could watch We Are No Angels, a 1955 movie with Humphrey Bogart, Peter Ustinov, Aldo Ray... Joan Bennett, Basil Rathbone, and Leo G. Carroll. Isn't that the plot to Shawshank Redemption? No, I don't believe Shawshank Redemption is about a French prison island. But it's about a prison escape. Or you can also watch Vanessa Hudgens get a third lookalike in Princess Switch 2. We have not seen that yet. No, we have not. It is on the list. Mm -hmm. We've been re-watching Malcolm in the Middle, which... Overall, holds up a lot better than other shows. They was great. They have not had to remove any episodes for blackface. Also, Correct. the physical comedy bits that they do on that show are fascinating. Just like how much they go for it, and they set up the bit, and they film it well. Also, unsung hero actor, my favorite character of the show. Fucking love Francis. Yes. Totally fair. Who actually gets to, like, <laughs> evolve as a character in yeah. interesting ways. Yeah, I mean... That was fascinating, too. It's just like, whoever would have thought after that show ended that far and away biggest actor of that, film, or that show, uh, Brian Cranston. Yeah. Oh, I no, I, I would have bet on Brian Cranston. I mean, considering 
how much work he pulls into Hal as a character. I mean, I agree. He he's probably one of the best parts of the show. I'm correction. No, he is one of the best parts of the show. But it's more of a. I never would have thought that he would have been by far the biggest right. Star. Considering yeah. it's a show about teens for the most part, that mm-hmm. the biggest character success story would have been the dad. That doesn't really happen on sitcoms. Well, yeah. and I, I assume you've heard the story about how initially they did want to cast on Breaking Bad, and they literally had to pull out the episode of X Files that he was in. And be like, yes. no, he can be a serious actor. Oh, and what's it called? Directed that episode, too. Yeah. Um, Vince Gilligan. Mm-hmm. But, but what's it called? The Munez, he's doing a pretty good life right now. He's racing his cars. Yeah, he was just kind of... It is kind of fascinating that none of the... I don't know what um, Brent... Francis is doing, but the other three have just completely quit acting. No, well, looking at it, and yeah, Francis hasn't done anything since 2014. Yeah. I mean, if he got that money, I think they were at the very end of... Oh, he transitioned into DJing. Yeah. Yeah. And both Justin Barfield and Eric Sullivan have just, like, disappeared. And are living as very rich private citizens. Mm-hmm. And the guy who played Stevie got caught up into a cult, unfortunately. Hell I was yeah. wondering about that. Yeah, he also got really ripped. He seemed to have a weird candle business going for a minute there. Yeah, it's a wild, wild world of child actors who, if they aren't in the news, which is a good thing and they aren't so acting, what do they do? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that, in general, they're apparently happy and fine not doing wild stuff. Yep. Quite honestly, the other person that I see the most out of anyone is the dude who played Stevie's dad. Oh, yeah. Gary like, Anthony like, Williams. Yeah, every once in a while he'll just appear in, like, in a lot of things. Remember how he was going to try and do a live-action Uncle Ruckus movie? Yeah. That would have been wild, especially if it had gotten funding and had come out. He's also done a bunch of voice work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am assuming you don't know who Uncle Ruckus is. Nope. He was a racist black man who was racist against black people on the boondocks. Because he believes he's a white man who's been cursed to be a black man. Mm-hmm. Jesus. And he's a fascinating character. Like, the show still holds up over a decade later. They, re- they removed that episode, though, which I think is stupid. Yeah, yeah, just through the Why Warner you guys get what the point of the episode was? I don't actually think I saw that one. No, yeah, it was a good episode, too. Wait, was that the one where he thinks that he's going to go to White Heaven if he gets enough yes. people? Okay. Yeah, where, he teams up with the, where he teams up with the weird uh, like country singer? Oh, no, I don't think I saw that one. I think that was in the later season. Because it went on hiatus for a while. when Cartoon It was Network- in the original run. Oh. It's somewhere in the first three seasons. Okay, yeah, I think the third it's, season... It's not, part, it's, it's not part of season four. I think the third season is where I dropped out, though. Just because I... Ah, oh, that one has pick. my favorite episode. Fair. Fucking love the Halloween episode. The Halloween parody. Okay, I do remember that one. I just don't remember the episode that got pulled. Kitty likes to do... I like to do bad things. It's fun to do bad things. 
Anyways. That, that kid is a real kid. He recently got rearrested again. Because he loves to do bad things. Alright, well, uh, that wraps us up for another episode of The Unbearable Weight of Nicolas Cage. Thank you all for listening. Uh, get ready to get your suggestions in for the next Cage batch of movies that we are going to watch. Because uh, that's going to be coming up. We'll probably put up the poll after the Christmas episode. Yep. Because then we'll just have one more and we can announce our next batch. With also, this is too late, but content warning for Jeff. Jeff, I'm sorry we gave uh, unsolicited uh, last year, er, Rise of Skywalker opinions. I, I am actually sorry for that, Jeff. Anyways, we'll see you in two more weeks. Unless you'll Christmas magic! Christmas magic! We'll see you in two more weeks on the unbearable weight of Nicolas Cage. That's what this podcast is called. Catch you on the cage mode. Oh, God. (sighs) Oh, fuck. Chef's kiss. Ew.